RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. The chief executive says Hong Kongers have welcomed the introduction of the new Zero Plus Three arrangement. John Lee also says talks with mainland officials on reverse quarantine are continuing, but stressed that Hong Kong must do its bit. And thousands of people gather in Tokyo for the controversial state funeral of former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. The chief executive, John Lee, says the implementation of the new Zero Plus Three arrangement went smoothly and has been welcomed by Hong Kongers. From yesterday, inbound travellers only have to undergo three days of medical surveillance instead of quarantining at a designated hotel. Speaking ahead of his weekly executive council meeting, Mr Lee said scrapping hotel quarantine was a big change and had to be dealt with carefully. He also warned against disregarding the COVID rules. We have to condemn this non-compliance because it affects every one of us. It affects my plan of looking at possible new areas where we can allow more free activities. We have to monitor the situation, be pragmatic, be careful, so that there will not be a rebound of cases which will destroy all the pathway to maximising activities in society. Mr Lee also said talks with the mainland on reverse quarantine are continuing. He was speaking after Shenzhen officials said they would step up border control measures to guard against the importation of COVID. The chief executive stressed that the SAR had its part to play. The possibility of our reaching agreement depends on whether we can reach the standard of requirement of quarantine as laid down by uh, the Shenzhen Authority, which, of course, is the set of rules that uh, apply to uh, the whole of the country. We are working hard on that, and, of course, um, we will spare no efforts in trying to make this possible. Turning overseas, thousands of people, including dozens of world leaders, are gathering in the Japanese capital, Tokyo, for the state funeral of the assassinated former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, who was shot dead in July at an election rally. But the decision to give Mr Abe a state funeral has proved controversial, with more than half the population now saying they don't support it. The BBC's Rupert Wingfield Hayes is outside the Budokan Arena, where the funeral is being held. A massive security cordon has been thrown around the Budokan Arena, as dozens of VIPs arrive in long motorcades. It is a testament to the status Mr Abe had amongst Japan's allies that so many of them have made the pilgrimage to Tokyo today. But the story is very different here at home, with around 60% of people now saying they do not support the state funeral. Many are angered that the government is spending around 12 million US dollars of taxpayers' money without even getting the approval of Japan's parliament. The U.S. has warned Russia that it will impose further economic sanctions if Moscow annexes more territory in Ukraine. The White House spokeswoman, Karine Jean-Pierre, said more details would be given in the coming days. We are prepared to impose additional swift and severe economic costs on Russia, along with our allies and partners, in response to these actions that we're seeing currently, uh, if they move forward uh, with annexation. The Russian authorities have admitted that errors were made in President Putin's mobilization of hundreds of thousands of men to fight in Ukraine. Speaking amid reports that men with no military experience have been called up along with those who are too old or disabled, Mr Putin's spokesman Dmitry Peskov said the president's degree had not been carried out correctly. These cases of non-compliance with the necessary criteria are being eliminated. We hope that the rate of elimination will increase and that all mistakes will be corrected.
The head of security for the Uruguayan president, Alejandro Astesiano, has been arrested for allegedly participating in a scheme to help Russian nationals obtain Uruguayan passports illegally. The president, Louis Lacal Pou, said the allegations had taken him by surprise. Many Russians have been leaving since the conflict with Ukraine began in February and since President Putin announced the partial mobilization last week. NASA scientists have deliberately crashed a spacecraft into a small asteroid aiming to push it off course. The DART mission is the first test of a technique which could one day be used to defend Earth from a hazardous approaching asteroid. The BBC's Rebecca Morell reports. The collision took place 11 million kilometres away, with cameras on board the spacecraft beaming images back to Earth. The asteroid, which is called Dimorphos, at first appeared as a speck of light. Then the rocky world grew ever larger as the spacecraft closed in. Finally, the feed was lost entirely as the probe smashed into the surface and was destroyed. This impact should change the speed of the asteroid by just a fraction, less than a millimetre per second. But over time, this should be enough to alter its orbit. And the team will now use telescopes here on Earth to establish whether this is the case. The UN's special representative in Haiti, Helen Lalim, has said an economic crisis, a gang crisis and a political crisis have converged into a humanitarian catastrophe. The country's latest wave of protests was triggered by the government's decision to end fuel subsidies. Ms Lalim said Haiti was hitting new levels of desperation after two weeks of violence and attacks on food aid warehouses. Before the current bout of civil unrest, some 4.9 million Haitians were in a state of humanitarian need. In the last two weeks alone, attacks have resulted in the loss of some 2,000 tons of food aid, valued at close to $5 million, that would have collectively supported up to 200,000 of the most vulnerable Haitians A new study says that more than a 1,000 species of palm tree are at risk of extinction. Scientists at the Royal Botanic Gardens Kew in London used artificial intelligence to assess risks to the entire palm family, from tall trees to climbing plants. The study has designated priority regions for their conservation, including Madagascar, New Guinea, the Philippines, Hawaii and Borneo. Dr Stephen Backman is the lead researcher. So the study reveals that we can utilize technology like artificial intelligence and machine learning to estimate extinction risk of plants, in particular palms. And we use that data to estimate that just over 50% of palms are threatened with extinction. That's really important because these species have a particular role in ecosystems and they're extremely useful to people. The head of the tech giant Apple has said there are no good excuses for the failure of the world's tech firms to employ more women. Tim Cook was speaking at the launch of a development program for female app creators in the UK. According to Apple's figures, 65% of the company's US workforce last year were men. Mr Cook said without better diversity, technology would not fulfil its potential to help humanity. Many schools don't require coding. We would like to change this. We think it should be a requirement for everyone to take coding before graduating and have a sort of a working knowledge. And then there's, there are not enough role models out there. There are many reasons, but no good ones, is the way I would characterize it. There are no good excuses. The World Health Organization says there have been 18 confirmed and 18 probable cases of Ebola in Uganda since an outbreak was declared last week. 
It said 23 deaths had occurred in three districts of central Uganda, of which five were confirmed cases. The WHO said this was the first Ebola outbreak in Uganda since 2012 that was caused by the Sudan strain of the disease. Hurricane Ian's outer band of strong wind and heavy rain are beginning to make themselves felt in western Cuba. Homes and properties have been secured and evacuation plans prepared in advance of the storm's landfall. Emergency declarations have been made in six areas, forecast as a warning of flash floods and mudslides. They said Ian will gather strength as it heads across the Gulf of Mexico towards Florida, where residents are already preparing to evacuate. Business now, and U.S. pharmaceutical company Biogen has reached the $900 million U.S. dollar settlement with a whistleblower who accused the firm of paying bribes to doctors to encourage them to prescribe its drugs against multiple sclerosis. The U.S. Justice Department said in a statement that the whistleblower Michael Borduniak would receive about $250 million directly. Most of the remainder would go to the federal government, but a small part, $56 million, would be earmarked for 15 American states that joined the lawsuit. The Congressional Budget Office says President Biden's plan to forgive part of the country's massive student debt burden will cost the government an estimated $400 billion U.S. dollars. The estimate, which was requested by conservative lawmakers, is expected to inflame debate on the topic between Democrats and Republicans. A White House official said the Congressional Budget Office had called its own estimate highly uncertain, but Republicans say Mr Biden is wasting money on the measure and that it's not the most effective use of public funds. Britain's finance minister Kwasi Kwarteng is under renewed pressure to restore investors' confidence and soothe their fears about the country's financial stability after a fall in the value of the pound. Sterling's price has now steadied on foreign exchange markets after slumping to an all-time low against the US dollar. It began falling when Mr Kwarteng announced sweeping tax cuts to be funded by extra borrowing. Mr Kwarteng and the Minister for the City of London, Andrew Griffith, are due to meet senior figures from banking, insurance and fund management later today. Sport, and we start with football's UEFA Nations League and a six-goal thriller between England and Germany at Wembley. Germany took a two-goal lead after two mistakes by defender Harry Maguire. England hit back with goals from Luke Shaw and Mason Mount. Harry Kane's penalty gave them the lead, but Germany drew level thanks to Kai Havertz and a goal-keeping error by Nick Pope. England boss Gareth Southgate says he was pleased with his team's display in what's been a disappointing campaign. When we got the goal, the crowd were incredible. You know, they wanted, they were desperate to get behind the team. The roof nearly lifted off when we get the second. And of course, you know, the big disappointment is that everybody will leave going, oh, that punch at the end. But, you know, I've got to praise the players. They, they have taken a lot of responsibility and they really stood up and, and were counted. The former England international Chris Sutton says Southgate made the right moves by bringing on Bukayo Saka and Mason Mount. I'm pleased for Gareth that you know his, his subs paid off. I thought Sterling, you know, was uh, a real threat as well. So in some ways, a little bit surprised. But you know, Mount, who hasn't had a great season for Chelsea, took his goal brilliantly well. I, I like Saka. I think he's given Gareth a nice headache in respect that I think Foden is is a really excellent player. Saka's a different sort of player, more of a more of a dribbler. But good to see something pay off for Gareth. He must must have felt over the last couple of months that you know everything has gone you know against him and then you know that was that was something which went right for him and you know especially after him selecting Harry Maguire and the you know the 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 mistake for the first goal was awful then the second goal I mean blimey poor Harry 
Elsewhere, Italy finished top of the group after a 2-0 win over Hungary. The Italians join the Netherlands and Croatia in next year's semi-finals with one more team to be decided. The seven-time world snooker champion Ronnie O'Sullivan has called on the World Snooker Tour to give 5% of its prize money to the women's tour to fund its growth. Currently, World Snooker Women's Tournament is a development tour which doesn't offer enough money for players to earn a professional living. Over the weekend, men's world number one, O'Sullivan teamed up with 12-time women's champion Rianne Evans at a mixed doubles event that was televised for the first time in 31 years. I don't know why they don't just take 5% of the prize money that's on the men's game and just give it for the ladies' tour, you know, and there's enough tables and enough resources and at the venue to put, you know, three or four tables on for, for the ladies to, to play on. So, yeah, it shouldn't be a special event for them. It should be normal, really. In basketball, the United States set a new all-time Women's World Cup scoring record after a lopsided win over South Korea. More from the BBC's Adam Samuel. History has been made in basketball after the United States set a new record for the highest score in the history of Women's Basketball's World Cup after flashing South Korea 145 points to 69. Eight of the defending champions' 12 players reached double figures in Sydney, with Brianna Jones scoring 24 points to lead all scorers. Elsewhere in Group A, second-place China bounced back from their defeat to the US by beating Puerto Rico 95 points to 60. And in Group B, hosts Australia were narrow 75 points to 72 winners over Canada to move level at the top with seven points. France are also on seven points after beating Japan 67 points to 53. Meanwhile, an investigation has been launched by the International Basketball Federation after two players from Mali were filmed fighting with each other after their team was eliminated from the Women's World Cup. The altercation between Salamatu Karuma and Kamite Elizabeth Dabu occurred off-court in Sydney as a player from the winning Serbian team was taking part in a television interview. FIBA said it would decide on any disciplinary measures once the inquiry was completed. To the NFL and C.D. Lamb snagged a catch of the season contender as the Dallas Cowboys came from behind to beat the New York Giants 23-16 in a hard-fought divisional battle. The win foiled the Giants' hope of a third straight win. And on to the weather. It will be mainly cloudy with one or two showers and sunny periods this afternoon. Moderate to fresh east to northeasterly winds, strong offshore and on high ground. The outlook, we can expect sunny intervals and a few showers in the next few days. It'll be windy at first tomorrow. Currently it's 31 degrees Celsius. Relative humidity is 66%. Please be advised a strong monsoon signal is in effect. And when the news the top stories once again, the chief executive says Hong Kongers have welcomed the introduction of the new 0 plus 3 arrangement and thousands of people gather in Tokyo for the controversial state funeral of former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. The news from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3.
and Lone Wolf. Good afternoon. 18 past one for a Tuesday. That means in about six or seven minutes we're off to New Zealand and Hong Kong to hang out with Dr. Merrin Pierce. Today we welcome back Turtle and Snake and goodness knows what else expert Adam Francis. This guy's a brilliant talker, really knows his stuff. So join them on Facebook Live if you possibly can. The Brew is our page because there's some great photos for you as well. (laughs) 